Hi, and welcome to another episode, I believe it's the fifth, of Soul Care with Angie Fatal. If you're here for the first time, welcome. This podcast is dedicated to normal people talking about emotional intelligence and how to survive life and hopefully live it to the fullest that we can, embracing who we are. That is something that I have a high value of, for, whatever. Anyway, I'm here today with a very special guest, Todd Michael Fadel. Some of you may know him from special things like our wedding, almost 21 years ago. Or On what day? November 28th. (gasps) Oh, I think that's the first time I've ever gotten it right. Oh. Oh my gosh. I know. It's pretty amazing. After 21 years and I still can't get our anniversary. No, now you can't. You can't say that anymore. Well, one time does not undo 21 years. All of your listeners heard it to okay. you first. We got married November 28th. And so that would mean that this is our, we're going on our 21st anniversary. So Todd is known for many things. The Beauty, Agents of Future, most of the songs written in the Bridge Christian Church, um, songs that he wrote for The Gathering, being a creative genius, if I do say so myself. And he's here today to talk to us and with us. Um, One of the things that I do want to say about Todd, and I guess it's about our relationship, is that we can talk about anything. And from what I've found from talking to many people in my line of work, (laughs) is that's not the case with everybody. And we find ourselves weekly, if not daily, talking about emotional intelligence, almost to the point where we're exhausted by the conversations that we have. Just because it's exhausting sometimes to like, build awareness and be present and it doesn't mean that we've figured it out I just I never dreamt 21 years ago that we would have built the vocabulary in the container to hold the amount of things that we've been able to hold so welcome Todd Fatal well I'm I'm very I'm hashtag blessed to be here (laughs) (laughs) sitting in our in our house I know. You had to travel far. I I feel somehow that this is just a sacred place right now. We've had many sacred, I'm doing the, what do you call this? Air quotes. Air quotes. Um, You got to finish that. I was going to say finish that sentence. Sacred, air quotes. We've had many sacred conversations on this couch. Yeah. And lots of crying and quite a bit of fighting too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it is pretty sacred. It is soaked with our tears. <laughs> I was just saying you're you're talking about the building like a container. This 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 living room is definitely a container. Uh, oh, for sure. You know, for conversations, transformational conversations. Yeah. 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 So one of the things that came up this week in our conversation, um, I think you had listened to the episode with 
Molly and I talking. Right. And you had said to me something like, do you think, and I can't remember how you said it, but it was almost like, do you think some of the painful adult, not decisions, but again, for lack of a better way, the painful adulting things, some of that is caused by embarrassment or being an adult causes embarrassment? I'm probably not doing your question justice. But from that question, we ended up having a really in-depth conversation about embarrassment, shame, um, And I don't think we landed on any, which is pretty much always the way it is. We didn't land on a solution. So if you're listening to the podcast, hoping for some kind of solutions, you've come to the wrong podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, you might come to your own conclusions based yeah. on what we say. We're yeah. Not gonna, so I'm not going to do what they they are talking about, but. Did you, I'm, I know I'm not doing that question justice, but something that Molly had said mm-hmm. or I had said had brought that thought up do you remember what it was or like i honestly i i feel like what set me thinking about that was was um thinking about the stuff that you know you and i have um worked through letting go of zion our son being down in la for the last year and how hard it has been to let him see some of the relationships um, go the way they've gone, and just and 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 see how him in in a space with other men uh, that are all kind of fighting for the same same thing, um, how they're they're experimenting, they're prototyping their their conversations and. They're also, they're, they're also really um, exploring things that seem foreign to them. And it made me think, like, why is that? I think it's, we're, you know, shouldn't we at a certain point in time understand ourselves and the way we interact with other people better? I mean, why aren't we, why aren't we doing that good of a job with that? And and that got me thinking about how there's a an element in toxic masculinity, which I believe is a very real thing. Uh, yes, I've experienced it. I'm saying that mainly because I think there's there's a lot of men that that seem to think that that's some sort of buzzword that's being thrown around, and it's kind of make believe and. Um, and I just I I feel like there's there's a part of toxic masculinity that that says that if you look at some of these deeper emotional truths, that you're weak, you're um, you're exposing yourself needlessly, you're making yourself vulnerable to attacks, and it should be avoided at all cost. And as a result, society turns out um, this image of the ideal man which is cut off from their emotions Um, but I also feel like one of the hardest things that I ever 
I haven't dealt with it. So one of the hardest things that I've been dealing with is the daily perpetual sense of being embarrassed. And embarrass, embarrassment for me has been like kind of the, the, it's, you know, I could just say, I could say shame, but it's really kind of like this little boy inside of me just being embarrassed, kind of bashful, sort of, it's this, it's, it's an old, old, old feeling. What does that, because when you say child, usually for me, when I, when I can identify something like as, oh, that feels like, almost like ancient. What is the feeling? Because for me, it's like, I can give a good example. I think it's a good example. Like, you're walking down the sidewalk, you're minding your own business, in your head or whatever, and you trip. And immediately I feel like this energy surge and like flush up my neck and into my cheeks. Who the, who the fuck cares? Nobody cares if I tripped. Nobody's watching me, nobody's paying attention to me, but it's an immediate reaction. And, and, and I feel like that's left over from childhood. Like at some point, somebody did pay attention to it and you and I have talked a lot about this. For me, things that caused me to stand out in my family that drew attention to the dyslexia, that drew attention to me not wanting to watch scary things, being bad at games, anything that put me as the center of attention to mockery and abuse, I got very good at presenting well so that I could avoid and rightly so. Who wants that kind of negative attention? So I could avoid those things. But that is the same feeling. Do you, can you identify like a feeling or somewhere in your body that it's located that makes you think that is a childhood thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, for me, it feels kind of like in my throat. Or that tightness. It, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. And almost like I'm suffocating. And, um, it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's being trapped. It's it's a feeling of kind of being trapped in, in, in other people's perception. Mm, and, yeah, good. and like, usually the things that I'm embarrassed by are, it's like, well, that was just an accident. That's not a good representation of who I am. If you were to look at my the body of work, <laughs> you know, I mean, like this tripping here or this particular yeah. uh, misstep that I took, you know, socially, is not a good representation of the whole of me. And if you could see my my whole web page of my life, you know, and and so it's it's like when you spill coffee on the front of your shirt. Right. So my 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 where I go is a sadness um, and it's a sadness that uh, it's a, like a resignation and somewhat of a despair I would say too that that says this person is not going to make this judgment about me based on the stain I see on they see on my shirt that they're not mentioning the thing that I said that they're you know quietly we got to take care of our dogs for just a second. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back.
So we're back. We had to do a little dog maintenance. Um, <laughs> this is real life people. This is this is adult adulting 101. <laughs> dog ownership. So you were just talking about um, like somebody seeing the stain on your shirt or the mm-hmm. thing that you said and making a judgment about you because they are not well nobody does that like they can't see the body of work that mm-hmm. you've done. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there's a harshness that I have for myself that kind of stems from some er- early brutal behavior and my survival through that. Um, that kind of, I, I know the signs. Uh, you know, people, you know, shooting glances across the room at other people. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, a, a abrupt silence. Uh, different, different things that, I mean, I, I don't even really know what they exactly are, but I can pick them up in, in, in a, in a room or in a conversation, I can pick it up like, Oh, this person is backing away or mm-hmm. something. And so the embarrassment part of it is, is, is more about sadness and, um, and kind of being stuck in that. I want to make that right. But if I make it right, I am admitting that I failed in some way. And, um, so it's it's kind of like you're being st- stuck in this in this frozen state of panic um that uh yeah that I'm very very um familiar with and it motivates my behavior in ways that I don't even recognize until I'm just walking through life and I'm like oh I'm embarrassed by that and I would say 90% of the time it's needless embarrassment. It's I'm preparing for some sort of judgment that will never come. Yeah. I'm preparing myself in my body and I'm, in, I'm, I'm setting myself up with these feelings. Um, and it's completely irrational. But that's the thing. I mean, yeah. Well, then if also if it's like a shadow, mm. a shadow, for those of you that don't know what shadow is in... I'm sure young Carl Young isn't the only person that talked about it. A shadow is like... Or his wife. Yeah, yeah. Apparently he ripped a lot off from his wife. But anyway. Um, you know, a shadow is a thing that is based in reality. And usually the people that are closest to us can see it. So let's say for for me, a real shadow is the fear of abandonment. Because I have been abandoned by my parents. And that was very painful. And I had been abandoned before that by friends. And I had been I've been abandoned by my church community to felt like that. Whether like you were saying, whether it's intentional or premeditated or the person had no idea. It doesn't matter. It's hitting your shadow. So a lot of times with shadow. The people closest to us that love us the most can see it, but we can't. And so we have to bring awareness to that because if we don't, it's leading us. And often with shadow, we are trying to mitigate. Like, so what I mean by that is like, if I'm afraid of abandonment because it's a real thing, then I'm going to pull back from relationship before my friend has a chance to pull back from relationship because it's going to happen because I'm not worth you loving me 
I'm going to pull back before that. How does that look for you? So, you know, for me, I think over the years, it's, I think I'm more aware of it. So I might pull back for a little bit and then re-engage because I, I have built up an awareness that that is a shadow for me. So like if I'm not sure or if I feel afraid and I'm not really sure where that's coming from, like for instance with Molly, you know, we've been friends a long time and I trust her, but it has nothing to do with Molly because it's out of the realm of reality. Yes, I have really been rejected, really been abandoned by people that should not be able to abandon me. So it's based in a real thing. But the reactions, like you were saying, are not, people aren't necessarily doing that. So it's like for you and I, sometimes when we're in a fight and we're trying to work it out, I have the tapes running through my head like, Todd's going to leave. We're, or, even, I mean, you've proven to me that pretty much you're not going to leave. But I think there is a tape that's like, this is the un, undoable fight. Mm. This is the unfixable moment. Mm. And so in, while that tape is running, I have to acknowledge it. While, while I'm talking to you, I'm going, okay, well, I know that's not true about Todd, but I'm heightened in that moment. But I'm not going to let my reaction, so I might be pulling back a little bit inside myself only to be able to hold that thing and then remind myself when I'm less heightened that that isn't real. So I feel like some of what you're saying is shadow mm -hmm. because because it's based in something real that happened to you and has happened more than one time because usually a shadow is not created from it happening one time well one of the things um, that I've been looking at um, through um, I'm, I'm part of this organization called Mankind Project and one of the things that <clears throat> we look at together and it's it's men who are wanting to be proactively against uh, you know toxic masculinity and trying to pave new ways to talk about emotions talk about the ways that we feel misrepresented uh, or just not even misrepresented because most most men are like the you know the, accurately represented yeah 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 but 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 we are we are opposed to the representation you know at, at our core and and want like, to change by representation yeah representation like no I mean I'm just I want to make sure that people understand by representation you're saying toxic masculinity not being vulnerable yeah not owning your shit but I realize as I'm talking to you about this it's. It's funny that I use the, the word representation because I may be doing and actually may be in, in a lot of ways very much like what society sees as men, but I'm opposed to, to the representation. Even which if, Do you mean even if it's accurate? Yeah, I'm, I'm opposed to... So, so kind of going back to what I was saying about the embarrassment, it's less about the failure uh, itself and more about being seen as a failure 
it's the judgment. Mm-hmm. And also the, the accompanying um, uh, statement that I, I feel like is a tape with, within myself, which is that this judgment is going to undo everything that I've worked for. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's going to unravel. That's a powerful it's an, it's, it's an unraveling thing. So the um, judgment they make that you... Yeah, that I perceive in that moment, yeah, that they is, would make. This has the potential. As small as a coffee stain. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is a powerful message. Well, and I think that's, that's, that's why it's a shadow, is that it, it hits me on such a deep level because it's so old. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it hits me as if I'm a child again. Like, I'm embarrassed, you know... Um, I don't want people to look at me. I want to run away. Um, it's, it's, you know, I mean, even talking about it right now, I want to start crying because it's, uh, it's loud here. it looks, it looks so much like, um, it looks so much like that, that, you know, the abuse, the, that abuse that, that I, that I had, I have felt, you know, happening again. And it's like, you could look at me and go, what a weak, vulnerable person being almost 50 and you spill coffee on your shirt and you're already, you're, you're going to cry about it because somebody is going to think you're a slob or something. And I'm like, well, okay, that may be true that <laughs> I'm here. I, I, I think I'm really good at getting into the heads of other people mm-hmm. or thinking that I know what they're thinking. Yeah. So that is, so, so much of this is controlling, trying to control. That's, it's a big, it's a, com- control is a huge component in this. I want to control my image. I want to control, or at the very least, I want somebody to give me the benefit of the doubt that this is a one-off. I don't, I am a competent, kind you know, talented individual just because these particular things happen or this, this is happening and you don't see it, um, doesn't make me this fill in the blank judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, exa- that's exhausting. Yeah. Like, cause I can't be in everybody's head in every situation and in every, uh, no, but you're really giving it a good try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But one of the things we talk about, you know, in the Mankind Project, again, is just that sense that get at those core shadows. And one of my core shadows is I don't matter. Mm-hmm. The things that I do don't uh, eventually will just won't matter. So I'm poised for those disqualifying judgments. I'm poised for those. And in that, I'm, I'm trying to sort of... Um, cut them out cut them off at the pass or beat mm-hmm. them to the punch or that sort of thing and so embarrassment is 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 a is an odd way for my self to be um you said the word mitigate to mitigate reality i mean to 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 navigate it it um because it's it's it feels like i'm i'm working twice as hard to to get like maybe half of the output. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too because, you know, I've been talking a lot about that Pema Chandran book and 
I've been thinking about this for myself because I've talked about it on this, but I've also um, just, I think about it all the time because I have said to you, I'm failing when I first wake up in the morning. You know, I haven't done anything yet and I'm failing because mm-hmm. there's these unwritten, unspoken, it's not even adult stuff. It's just whatever I'm supposed to be doing and who, you know, who's telling me, I have no idea, but whatever I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it good enough. There's something lacking and so I'm I'm failing before I even start. And so... One of the things that she says is that thing that we're trying to medicate, Mm. whether it's through television, alcohol, drugs, sex, games, the phone, it could be anything that's buffering. It doesn't even have to be like a quote unquote negative thing. Whatever we are doing to not feel that thing is preventing us from it's she wouldn't say it like this but how my takeaway is almost preventing us from having peace with it and what I mean by that is I have to sit in that disquiet that anxiety of feeling like a failure Mm. for long enough for it to show me what it needs to show me which goes along with the journaling technique that you and I know how to do. Yeah, like, I gotta stay in it just for long enough. I don't have to sit there. It's not a groveling thing because Todd knows I love flagellation probably more than anybody. And flatulation. I do not love your flatulation. So... I mean... No. I, I will take the hard road even if the easy road gets me closer to what I need and more quickly because I just I think I'm prone to that because of personality and family of origin or whatever so I'm not talking about that sitting in it unnecessarily but just sitting in it long enough and going like my practices what do you have to show me what do you have to show me fear of failure or failing or abandonment and oh you're not ready to tell me? That's okay. I, I have built, it doesn't sound like it, but I've built a trust with myself to know that eventually I will see a path forward. Mm. And I think that that's the thing is, what it reminded me of is, not only are you not sitting in it, but whatever you're putting in there to mitigate it is making it worse. Well, I was when, when you were talking, one of the things that I thought of was... The idea that when I am constantly thinking, you know, the, the whole idea of me working twice as hard to get half of the, you know, output or whatever. Yeah, so apparently you have the same problem. Yeah, right. Well, but who can, and who can truly feel joy if your energy is, is being diverted in some way to be to have like one eye over your shoulder making yeah. sure that people are seeing what you're doing or not seeing what you're you know not doing or yeah. you know, any yeah. of that kind of stuff how can you fully give yourself to anything or 
um, how can you fully, yeah, it, it's, it's something that, it was a, it was a quote from, uh, the Bible that I, I, that the I what? found. The yeah, what? this, this book, <laughs> this <laughs> complicated book, this book that I read that it's still, it's, it, it haunts me more than anything. That's what it does is this this passage this excerpt that says that Jesus did this thing and then this happened and it's it, it, I broke it down into sort of a almost like a formula where it, it says for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame so recognizing that there is joy ahead that gives us the courage to bear the, the weight of those anxious moments or those moments that, that get us stuck or make us want to medicate. We endure it instead of medicating. And the things that would say there's something wrong with you, that you're going through this, mm-hmm. And not, not just saying, not just saying, that's a dumb thing to think. The, the, the excerpt says dis, he despised the shame, which I don't think I, there's very few things that I despise. I mean, I, I, I despise like Hallmark cards. I mean, I just, you know, I despise precious moments, dolls. I mean, maybe on some level, I think they're, they're, they're ironically funny or something. I don't know. Regardless, the the idea of despising something is so proactively like I absolutely hate that, you know. So to be to to be in a place in yourself to be able to it's an action word. Yes. Too. It's so it's it's like rage, raging yeah. against the the shame uh, that 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 story that that says you are you are you are fatally <laughs> fatally flawed. Um uh, to to despise that that's how you can get through this 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 moment to get to the joy but the problem is i feel like i'm constantly doing two different things i'm like I'm, i i can't i i i'm like i'm going owie 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 this is really heavy i need i need a glass of wine or 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 i need to play a video game for you know 3 hours or i need this owie 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 and then the shame comes around and I'm like, going, you know, maybe that's right. So there's absolutely no way that I can encounter the joy that's on the other side. So in a way that that's kind of a formula that I derived from that. Yeah. I don't know if that ever was intended, but, but that's what I'm feeling. You know, yeah. like I can't fully experience joy in my life yeah. when I'm um, cooped up by this embarrassment. Yeah, and since... We're in a time right now, I mean, I'm, embarrassment is not my thing it, in the same way that it's yours, but I definitely have shame, but it feels like we're in a time right now, and maybe it's because, you know, we're not in community in the same way that we used to be, but it feels like, and maybe that just means we have more time to think about it. Mm. So I am acutely aware, because I've been thinking a lot about that, like, 
and I'm sure I was thinking about this stuff at the, you know, when I was in, when I was in school, finishing my master's, like, because I, I used that time because they were giving you a lot of tests, you know, like, where's your emotional intelligence, and... You're acutely aware of the... Of the... I'm acutely aware of aware of where I am right now and and the failure being a constant mm. but I'll go back and I'll go I don't remember feeling that way then but I'm sure I did feel that way then mm-hmm. but I just had you know I was pastoring the bridge I was going to school I was being a mom oh I, I see you're, trying you're you're trying to say you know it, while you were in community you the you maybe didn't wrestle with it as much because there were so many other things occupying your Yeah, mind. but I probably did, but maybe I didn't have time to really think about it. And, and that's, now it's hard. It's hitting maybe harder because some of those things have kind of been, yeah, you know. They're gone. Plus, yeah. I'm trying to build a business, and, I, you know, I do know what I'm doing around holding space for people, empowering people, helping people discover who they am, who they are, mind, body. I know what I'm doing, but I am not a business person. So I am constantly feeling that failure. Mm. And I think the reason I brought that up is because I think it's similar for you. We have a vacuum. We're not doing music like we did before. Mm-hmm. You're not in as many bands. <laughs> you you just <laughs> finished. Thing. Yeah, but you just <laughs> but you just finished your bachelor's now you're going to master's, you've started a new job. All of these things that are good standalone, mm-hmm. but together they're a petri dish for reminding you that you're gonna fuck up. Oh, sure. And when, and then you're feeling that anxious, that anxious, that anxious energy, and then you spill coffee on your shirt. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with the coffee. Well, and, and the thing is, again, it's like when I'm poised for those judgments, they're self-fulfilling. I mean, they they will I, those judgments will kind of tend to happen. I mean, like because I, I mean I fumble over more things the more I'm thinking about not fumbling yeah. over things yeah. where I could just use a tiny bit of energy and go whoops, yeah. and then and then call you on the phone and say I need a new shirt, which is what I eventually did, yeah. and I was like that wasn't really as hard as I thought it was going to be, and that was. When I thought, wow, that is as easy as adulting can be. Mm-hmm. And remember, I think it was it was right before we got that shirt <laughs> that we went to the mall. And one of the students that um, mm. I had last year... Um, we were going saw down me. the escalator. We were going down the escalator. He was going up. And he, he was like, hey... And he was with a group of friends, and we had just been talking about the embarrassment thing. Yeah. And I said, there it is. And you were like, what, what are you talking about? And, he, and I said, there it is. He was, was going to say, hey, Mr. Todd, but he was with his buddies. Mm-hmm. And what was that going to look like? How nerdy is, him, is he that he says hi to this adult guy, at, you know, like... What, who is he a teacher you like you have friend, you're friends with teach I mean I can't imagine I can imagine but I, I, I'm pretty sure I don't know exactly what he was thinking but that was the story I was saying it's like he was so embarrassed that he couldn't just say hi to me and that is 
that is something that is pervasive. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just a man thing. I don't think it's no, just a no, boy no. thing. I don't think it's a male thing. But I do feel like on some level, if if we don't like look at those kinds of things, it tends to be like, I'm not going to get embarrassed by that. I'm going to, I'm going to man up. I'm going to go, I'm going to fight through this. And I feel like what that, I think what, what that him, him neglecting to say that or him just deciding not to say that showed me this piece of it that can get really ugly, really quick. Like he is denying just the pure and simple enthusiasm of, Hey, I saw that person. He is denying himself that. What else is he denying himself yeah. of yeah. in in the for the cause of this this nebulous monster that's like waiting to make him feel like he's an idiot, he's a he's yeah. a slob, he's a he's he's a tr- he, he tries too hard or he's he, you know any of these things and and I and I and I and I felt that you know I felt it yeah so well. We got to take another little break. We'll be right back. So we're back. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you is what would you what would you say to your childhood self, your child self? And this is like a two-parter. So what would you say to little Todd? And then taking that a step further, you work with kids. So you're seeing this in yourself, which I'm sure is making it Mm. crystal clear in the kids that you work with. Not just, I mean, we see it in our kids. You know, I had an incident with Brennan the other day where we're driving in the car. She's on a FaceTime with her friend Cascade. And we're driving past the school that's just got let out. And she sees this guy, and she's like, oh, Cascade, I think it's Sammy. Yeah, it's Sammy. And I'm like, let's say hi. And she's like, no, no, I don't want to say hi. And I'm like, let's say hi. So I roll down the window, and I'm like, hey, Sammy. <laughs> and, she, and the kid turns around, and she goes, that's not Sammy. <laughs> and my young self would have been so embarrassed. And I was, like, normally, it was a little embarrassed. And he, I was like, oh, you're not Sammy. And he was like, nope, but it's cool. And I treated it like it's cool. So one of the things I was also thinking about when you were talking is what we've taught children, especially boys, if we only give them anger, you know, or coolness or fronting or whatever. Um, But what if we could put humor, like you were saying, if I looked at my spilt coffee like, well, oops. Mm. You know, because it happens to literally every person that drinks tea or coffee or juice or anything. And you went, oh, shoot, I don't like it, but whatever. So so I want you to talk about what would you say to your child self if that you think, and you may not know, that you think could alleviate some of that tension or whatever. And then maybe that will lead into what you can say to our children, which you probably already have, and the children that you're with all day, every day. Jeez, it's a pretty big one. I mean, I've been, when I was thinking, I wouldn't possibly, what could I possibly say that would really 
break through to my young self because I mean I mean it also it depends on when you've been watching Star Trek Discovery and without spoiling anything you know when you talk about <laughs> just anything sci-fi you're gonna you're gonna talk about things like portals and vortexes and time travel and all this kind of stuff and alternate universes and weird things like that and, and I and I think about what could have what could have been said that would have set me on a different path and um I, that, and that's not really what I know I know but I mean in, in a way I, I, I hope that for myself and I hope that for for the students that I work with I, I hope for that very much um, and I think the only thing that would have helped I think in that time was the feeling like that uh, that it was normalized by uh, the people around me that I, mm-hmm. I cared about the yeah. people like and the people that I looked up to um, so teachers and teachers and, and like and I had some older friend like in junior high I had some high school friends that we that we carpooled with I really remember fondly. Um, and if they would, if I would have made, if I would have said, if I would have had the wherewithal in my seventh or eighth grade self to just tell them what had happened and the things that I was going through, and they could just say, "Hey, you know what? That happens," and I know you. I mean, just in a reassert assertment of like, I know you, and that kind of stuff happens. And you know, if they think that way about you. Let them, whatever, yeah. and 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 to hear that enough times, and, and to see that as as such a as, as see that as like this gift, from people pe- you know older people people I looked up to, I would have I think I would have been able to make, some different choices that would have, that would have taken a little bit of the sting away from that from the judgments that I did get, mm-hmm. um so I would have felt like I would have had to protect myself less which is what a lot of this is for me is just controlling so that I'm protected from the possible abuse yeah. of their rejection or their betrayal or their um, humiliate, humiliation of me, you know, um, because I would have been given this different sense of the world isn't necessarily like that. Yeah. And I think that was, that was what really stuck with me is that there wasn't really any a voice that was saying that I was really listening to. You know, and I'm not going to say there wasn't anybody, but I, there wasn't a voice I was listening to that was saying that to me. Yeah. Well, and that goes into the second part of that question. Right. What could I, what, how could I, you know, how could I show that with the kids maybe that I'm working with? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, 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 without even thinking about that, I think, um, <laughs> I, I do that. I mean, there was um, a unit that I taught last year about animation. And, you know, I was teaching this very kind of a complicated skill to them. I was trying to teach them how to not not only draw, but I was going to try to teach them how to do a flip book. Now, a lot of kids, you know, do a ton of experimenting with flip books. So they kind of, they just learn on their own how that works.
works. This was just a, a, like basically a birthday card opened up and closed in like two different pictures. Um, and uh, even in that simple thing, you know, I had to break down into a multi-sequence thing so they, they could they could see the effect of this this flip, you know. And that's harder than you might think. But even so, I, I, I was getting a lot of these younger kids to understand what what I was expecting for them to see and what them you know, that they would just follow my directions. And there were some kids, I mean, we're talking six, seven year old kids that were just hitting their heads and that just their heads are on the table and they're just saying, I just can't get this. And they were just, it, it felt, it seemed like they were ruined by it on mm-hmm. some level. And I, I saw myself in those moments and, and, and I said, hey, I wanna to talk to everybody in the class. And I said, remember when you were with your mom at the hospital? And everybody's like, what, what? And I said, remember when you were at the hospital with your mom and you know everybody was there and you popped out of your mom and were like, hey everybody, what's going on? Hey doctor, good job. Hey, somebody else over there, give me a drink of water. Remember when you did that? Remember when that happened? And everybody was like, no. I said, that's right. Because when you came out of your mom, you couldn't talk, right? Yeah, well, so? I'm like, right, so? And nobody got mad at you when you came out doing what you did, which is what? We were crying. That's right. All you knew how to do was cry. Did anyone get mad at you that you didn't talk? No? Right. Did anyone get mad at you because you couldn't read the signs at the hospital or sign your own, you know, outpatient uh, forms? No. Right. Because you had to learn to do those things. No one comes out of their mom knowing all these things. So you give yourself time to learn these things. So just as silly as it is to yell at a kid who just comes out of their mom for not being able to speak in complete sentences, isn't it just as silly for you to feel like you failed at something that I just got done showing you. I wish I could carry that around with me in my back pocket every day. That's good. Well, thank you. Do it's you, been a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Our couch thanks you. When, um, do you, that's not what I mean to say. Do you have anything that you want to plug? <laughs> and keep it short. Right. <laughs> Do you have anything that you don't want to plug? That's true. Oh, the uh, yeah, there's album. A couple, yeah, there's a couple of things uh, that some really odd things that have happened. In 1996, I was in a Star Wars band and we did a really, really easy, quick recording. And, tw- you know, 25 years later, this record label wanted to. Put it, put it on vinyl and re-release it and so they just released it so you can look up it's amazing Old Bear Records and Twin Sister and you'll find it if you just google that or whatever search engine you I use I want to give them a little what you gave that little girl last night 
I have a right to see my twin sister. No, I don't sing that way. What did she say? She, she, I, it was great. She was, I get to see my... I get to see my twin sister. I get to see my sister or something. It was, it was great. <laughs> a friend of mine sent, sent like his uh, three-year-old singing some of the songs. But yeah, the record's available, and I'm really I'm proud of what we did, and I'm yeah. proud what it, that it's still something that people care about. Um, yeah, that's that's the biggest news recently. What's your Instagram handle? It's my first name, T-O-double-D, and Fatal, like Fade Away Jump Shot with an L at the end. What, what is You know, that? Fade Away, like if you're basketball player because I'm super into sports yeah, when have you ever used sports analogies I mean what else is there fade what are you fading fade oh, like, with an L is what you used to always say yeah when, anyway, I don't know you can find it'll be on the podcast my name and we have the same last name it's, well then why did you it's crazy that way because I you never mind anyway uh <laughs> this you know we we centered this around the last I think the last three podcasts have been about the complexities of being an adult but an adult for some people starts at you know 10 and goes until you die and you never have it figured out so what we're trying to do or what I'm trying to do with these conversations which this may be the last one for a while I don't know about adulting is at least have us joining in and talking to each other about the myths that we believe and how we can be more loving to ourselves and others. Because it's easy for a lot of us to be loving to other people. Like when I think of our children struggling with adult decisions and agonizing and beating themselves up. I'm like, hell no. Mm-hmm. Who, what is this voice that mm-hmm. you're believing? And why are you believing it? And who is telling you this? I want his number. I want his and address. I will break his <laughs> kneecaps. Wow. But you and I are doing that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And our friends are doing that to themselves. Yeah, that's right. And I'm sure our parents are too. Yeah. So if you like what you hear, please share it comment like whatever whatever you want to do also if you're interested in having these conversations with me this is my job of talking to individuals about spiritual practice about taking care of themselves about emotional intelligence and working on it together and we learn from each other and i mean that i met with somebody today and you know, she's a client of mine, and I got a nugget from her that I am going to hold on to for as long as I can because it's a treasure, and it was just through conversation. Or if you're interested in doing an archery workshop with me around that Jungian journaling kind of shadow work that Todd and I have been talking about, or mindfulness, I do those in my private practice. I do those through Airbnb. And I'm going to Colorado at the beginning of October, the 4th through the 6th. So if you're in the Colorado area and you want to sign up, go to my Facebook or email me at angiefatal at gmail.com. But 
let's have let's keep the conversation going. Maybe I'll interview you. Who knows? Mm. But be kind to yourself. That's right. Because you're the only one that can do that in your own head. Remember who you are. Yeah. B-B-B-B-Side, B-Side. You're on the B-Side, B-Side, where the funny stuff is found. Yeah. This is uh, B-Side with Todd. Todd, tell us the XYZ story. Well, okay, so I had to... um... I have to preface this because in sixth grade, you, you might not have gone through this, but there was a there was a prank that everybody at recess liked to pull on each other, where they would point down to your zipper and say X Y Z, and then if what the person what did X Y Z stand for? Well, then you yeah they say X Y Z examine your zipper. Yeah. Amazing, just I mean, the <laughs> most brilliant, elaborate prank. That's you the could 70s do. for you. And the person would look down and their zipper would be up, so the person had succeeded. It's like that thing where you're pranking spill, them. Somebody tells you you spilled on your shirt, and then and they, then they flip your notes. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's it, yeah, it's on that same, it's on that same level of brilliance in, in prank, yeah, pranking. So good, so. It was happening, I mean, it was like the new thing. It was like dabbing for the 70s. It was, <laughs> it was like everybody was doing it. And, and it was, and I was watching my friends get like made fun of for falling for it. And I was in sixth grade. And for some reason, I was like, I had this resolve in me that if that happens to me, I will not be fooled. And so the bell rings after recess and everybody's lining up. And just, you know, congregating around the doors, doors that we go in at the school. And and sure enough, somebody says, hey, Todd, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yeah, right. He's like, no, 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 seriously, X, Y, Z. Cool, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. No, 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 no. And then we were lined up boys and girls. And so the girls' side, they they were starting to get in on him. Like, oh, my God, it's X, Y, Z. I'm like, all right, really funny, you guys. Great job. And then I had a, I, then I had a dear friend of mine come come right up to me and just like grab me by the shoulder and say, "No, seriously, you need to look down." And I looked down, and not only was my zipper all the way down, <laughs> but my tidy whities were like poking oh, through. Oh, your little peepee was poking through. Well, no, I'm just 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 the fabric because I, I you know we don't need well, to that, that's another that. B side, <laughs> but it was just the I'm like. And then I just ran inside and just ran into the bathroom and just... How long long had that been going on? (laughs) How long had they been, like, egging me on to, like, look? Yeah, well, they weren't egging you. Well, right, 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 right. (laughs) How long was was that? I mean, well, it got to the point where it was like, there were, like, waves of people saying it, you know what I mean? So the first, first wave was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I think probably... In order to get both sides, the both lines saying it, I think it probably was probably about three or four minutes of just them saying it. But in your mind, it's like all day. Sure. And every single person in the sixth grade class was saying it. Because there was only one sixth grade class. (laughs) Well, well, right. But there was, yeah, there's probably 50 kids there and they were all saying it because it actually was. (laughs) 
They were all saying the right thing. They were being accurate. So you doubled accurate. down on something that you did not. No, I tripled. To. I quadrupled yeah. down. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good story, Todd. Well, it all makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe some other day I'll tell my medium pizza story. Okay, you know that's too priceless. And if you heard um, a sound that you couldn't recognize, that was our dog Pepper scratching herself. Yay! Because we let her back in the room. Oh yeah. Okay. Good job. Good job. You did it.